time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. There we go. I was going to say, can you hear me okay? Do you need me to get my mic out? You're fine. Like, this is it. Part part of the, yeah. So, like, things have not improved since you were here last. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, they've probably gotten worse and just like lazier. Oh, Um, no. But, like, what, from your standpoint, when does someone stop becoming a guest and more of just like a reoccurring part of the show? Because I believe (gasps) now you have been on, you have been a guest more than anybody. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is number four. We've done, I'm sure we've done two together. And then you did the spaghetti bowl. And then spaghetti bowl, which was hilarious. We need to do another one very soon. That'd be fun. Um, Yeah. Four times, man. That's, um, yeah. I mean, if you try to think what four times could relate to, like (laughs) four times is, is quite a, you know, it's a, it's a lot of times to, it's it's not that many times to go to the dentist uh, in your lifetime. But it's probably a long four times if you had the same urinary tr- tract infection four times in a year, that yeah, would be that, worrying. That seems excessive. I don't like that. So yeah, I'm thinking is four a lot or like on a car, four tires, pretty optimum. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I guess so it depends on the context, is, right? What's the what's four into 178? So this is episode 178. Mm. Okay, I got that. Hold on. Oh yes. Uh, Someone please do maths. Here we got this. Uh, 178 divided by four. Mm-hmm. No, no, the other way around, right? Oh, four yeah. divided like, by one. Yeah, that's it. Oh, like it's 0.2%. So two percent. Turn it into a percent. Oh God, I just made it worse. Yeah, it's 2.2%. <laughs> so you've been on 2.2% of all episodes, which is more important, more percentage than anybody else. Yeah, I'll, right. that. I'll take that two percent, boys. I'll <laughs> take that two percent. What is that in spaghetti? Is that like a shred, like half a, that's like, uh, a, a snapping? A quarter of a meatball, maybe. Yeah, a bit, a drip of sauce, a drip of like full sauce. Hot take: I don't put meatballs in my spaghetti. That's fair. What do you put in your spaghetti instead? Uh, Just regular meat. Fat. Chop it up. Yeah, just Uh, they put it in the sauce. I think my sauce has meat in it most of the time. But then I don't put. I don't know. I don't put meatballs in it either. I don't think. Yeah. I I actually I make a mean um, veggie one actually with that with corn corn mints. It's actually really good. Although I did learn recently that my friend Adam is like brutally allergic to corn because it's basically a fungus, right? It's like a kind of mycoprotein or whatever it's called. And he uh yeah, he hate he had a a spaghetti bolognese and was violently ill after having it because it had corn in it. So, you know, vegetarian option. Well, it wasn't me that Oh, I thought you said you made it. I was like, oh, God, um, you just tried to kill But I was literally thinking after him, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for you to come around and try my amazing spag bar. And he was just like, oh, what's the secret? And I was like, oh, well, I don't really make it with mint. Sometimes I'll do corn. And he's like, what? So he had a lucky escape. Um, but yeah, they say just, you know, vegetarians always saying, oh, meat is, meat is the worst. Well, you know, corn can make people very poorly, it seems. So there we go. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So um, I would say if if I was to gauge, I literally had like two people in the last month. They're like, so when's Amy coming back? Because it's like, oh, they don't give a shit about us anymore. <laughs> they just want you. So 
So that here you lovely. are. We've delivered, right? Thank <laughs> you. I'd like to I'd like to thank my mom. I'd like to thank uh Buddha. I'd like to thank um who else is really crucial in my life? My dog. I'd like to thank <laughs> Absolutely. Dogs, dogs are the best. <laughs> So how, so how have you guys been? I mean, oh, you know, no, I was going to ask you, but it's, uh, I mean, you're the guest. You, you should let, yeah, you, you go first. Let, yes. Ladies first. Whew, I'm trying to think what happened since uh, spaghetti bowl. So, um, I mean, I was working, I know I'd left IGN at that point when I, first, I last spoke to you guys, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been with my new job, I guess it's not so new anymore, but I've with that role now for uh, over a year, I actually celebrated my, workiversary like there two weeks go. ago so that was pretty fun um it's been a blast like the people are the nicest human beings like i've ever worked with they are so chill um they genuinely care for each other they don't push each other um sort of too far beyond their limit i've worked for a lot of companies that have been very like treating people more like androids than human beings and kind of almost you know just expecting burnout to be like a part of the process and obviously we do have pretty demanding jobs like we work for the likes of netflix and playstation who want things to go live and they want things to go live mm-hmm. yesterday a lot of the time but what i love about this company and this team is that they actually are they're fantastically talented and they're really good at what they do but they don't do it at the expense of other people and Can't they relate. take care exactly yeah well this is the thing like it's the first time for me it's it's the first time for me as well Alex like it's crazy I've never worked for a team that have been more concerned about me and my mental health and like I mean not to kind of go into detail but um even on Friday we had like a stupid like last minute request land and they were basically up for Chris who is our editor who'd worked like god knows how long uh that day anyway just having to work the weekend and my previous manager would have been like cool okay so uh <laughs> that's gonna have to happen right and uh yeah that was really lovely that my team were just like no absolutely not like we'll push back we'll make sure that it's a monday job you know it's not a weekend job no one's losing their weekends i've that said i have worked probably more evenings in this job than i think i did at ign but i think that's more on me i think i'm right. more of a when the people are lovely and the job is fun i i want to i i do have a tendency to slip the work-life balance quite a bit so uh that's definitely on me and something that i'm looking to change in, in coming years but job's been going great i've still been doing some freelance stuff for igm it's been super fun they're great guys and girls and you know it's always nice to kind of hang out with them so that's been fun uh i've done some bits and pieces for saints row with them and uh most recently final fantasy 7 crisis core um which i'm really excited about because i'm a huge final fantasy fan as you guys know um, Which one is Final Fantasy? So well, they're on like nineteen, right? Twenty. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they're on. Like, no, no, they're doing... on sixteen. They're waiting for sixteen. Sixteen is not out yet, but it's uh, it's on its merry way. So, they, but you're right. They're in to the go back and like do like redo other stuff or whatever, or, like redo the old ones. Because I know the older ones they stretch back to like PS one. Yeah, P- PS one exactly. Um, and I think even some of them as early as like the NES or the SNES. I'm, but either way, yeah, PlayStation was kind of the the heyday for them. Um, and I think they've kind of gone back to, they've remastered eight. They've done a whole like remake of seven. Um, I'm up for the old ones being remade because I think they were the better of, of the bunch. I think the most recent ones I'm not as into. But uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. And then in terms of me, I'm still living in London. Uh, I'm kind of not bored of London, but I'm, I've done four years here, and it's so expensive, man. It is absolutely financially crippling. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and I can't afford to like have a deposit to like save for a, for a house. Um, I can't afford to, you know, put my dogs through college. Like it's a very Which stressful time. Yeah, you you can't afford heat, heat apparently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, how are they going to go make me proud? But yeah, I just feel a little bit like it's time to maybe move somewhere further afield because I'm in a position where I'm on, a, I'm on a okay salary, like for my age and where I'm at, but I'm just not able to save anything because of where we live. So Leo and I have kind of spoken, that's my partner, about where we want to go next. Uh, it's a case of trying to work out, negotiate where is going to be the best for the two of us because luckily i'm remote completely so it doesn't really affect me right. leo is a videographer and he uh works for absolute radio he's in like two or three times a week um and for him it's a job that because he's on set a lot of the time he's actually running around with cameras and equipment and organizing concerts and filming live shows that's not the kind of thing he could do remotely so we just kind of need to figure out somewhere where even if we did move further away, we're not going to get fucked over with his train fare being almost as much as it would be yeah. if we were in London anyway. So that's the plan. Um, I recently had a friend who got diagnosed with ADHD and she is absolutely incredible. And she was talking to me about it at a wedding and I was kind of listening to it and going, oh, actually, that, that I can kind of relate to a lot of that. So just for kind of my own sort of funny clarity sake, I kind of came home from this conversation. I came away from it and I was like, I'm going to Google like an assessment form for ADHD and just see like, because you can do those ones that are online now mm -hmm. where they give you sort of, it's not an official diagnosis and and just a warning, like no one should ever self-diagnose themselves. Always get a medical professional to do it. Well, here in America, well. we have to because Oh, you have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, and to be fair, the NHS is waiting list yeah. kind of similar. So, um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to do like a little assessment and see. And um, you can do this one online. It's fairly accurate, but obviously, you know, not official. But I came back with like a 10 out of 10. And I was like, oh, possibly have ADHD. That's fun. So that's been a new exciting <laughs> development in my life. It's kind of like, oh, okay, that could be you know, something that I, is worth exploring because it'll it's never really hindered my life to the point of, you know, causing legit distress. But it's something that when this girl was talking about some of the challenges she faces and like every day and managing stress at work, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally, that is something that I experience. And she was saying about, she'll offer her partner a cup of tea and then just like walk into another room and get distracted by something and do oh, something. So yeah, that's yeah. Right. Hey, it's there we I'm go. Like, yeah, Hello, brother. Fellow ADHD brother. Um, oh, but yeah, so that's exactly what I do. I am often finding a half warm bowl of soup in the microwave that I've heated up like two hours ago and completely forgotten that it's there. So yeah, it, it's things like that that I was like, okay, that could be worth exploring. Um, yeah, I think that's really my main life updates. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else exciting. Been on a couple of holidays this yeah, year. You've been living it up now. Yeah, and been to so many gigs as well. Um, I mean, this year is just like the year of gigs. I actually wrote them all down the other day because I was trying to remember like, how many I'd done. I've done 14 gigs this year, which Ooh. is pretty insane. It's never like that normally, but yeah, I think we were it's... We doing math earlier. What's 14 out of a year? <laughs> yeah, well, it's Gosh. more than one a month, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has to be. Like, yeah. Maybe you're yes, like you, you crossed yeah. over into the 30s now. I have. Oh, Welcome yes, of course. Welcome yeah. Nice. Oh my god, yeah. So um yeah, that was the 15th of September. I turned 30. Um yeah, it's been a it's been a really awesome year. It's been a manic year. Um I'm kind of in a place now where I'm like, I think next year I need to kind of not take on quite so much work, like between 
freelancing uh, for IGN and my normal busy day job and also doing sort of the podcasts that I do that to be honest I haven't barely touched in a long time we've got several episodes banked oh, um, I just need to yeah I know we just need to get them out uh, I actually did a bit of editing on one this morning so um, that will hopefully be something I can pull up again in the new year but I also do Dice with Death which is right. the Dungeons and Dragons podcast with yeah. my friends and that's kind of really taken off so we've had to put a lot more effort into that and I've kind of let my game fiction addiction take a back seat for that reason so yeah it's been a been a crazy year but um I'm feeling but you're good. staying I'm busy feeling, though yeah I'm feeling happy I think that's the main thing is that like I don't feel too although it's been busy and it's been overwhelming in many ways I don't feel sort of genuinely too stressed it's something that I'm getting better at managing I think my own mental health around being busy which is important because yeah, absolutely. I think there's only so much you can say yes to. And that is something that I have always struggled with in the past is being like, I mean, 14 gigs has kind of come from me going, yeah, hell, I'll go to that gig. Um, and I think actually sometimes <laughs> sure, it's nicer not? to be like, yeah, well, sometimes it's nicer to be like, you know, maybe I don't need to do everything. And that's a realization that has hit me as I've got to 30. So yeah. Well, and if you're 30, I mean, maybe. yeah. And you know, you you see it from a different perspective too because you don't have children and nope. children will they give you a ready-made excuse not to do things it's like i can't <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's like oh i can't go to it it's because, pre-packaged <laughs> i mean and it's not even really an excuse as much as it's like okay well like i i'm in a weird position and i've always been that way i don't like and i don't the for lack of a better term i don't like pawning my kid off on somebody else like mm. it's there it's my child it's my responsibility yeah. So like when she was really little, like I didn't, I didn't want anybody. It's not that I didn't trust anybody. It's just like, I didn't like, it's my responsibility. Like this is part of yeah. having a child. Like sometimes you just can't do things, but then as she's gotten older and she's become more like self-sufficient and like entertaining herself and, you know, she mm-hmm. can do all these other things. So now it's just like, okay, well like just go to your in-laws or whatever. So, but yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. And as, as a person who's not real, I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell somebody, no, I'm good. And yeah. like, Jacob will be like, well, you know, maybe Jacob is afraid to, to like, he's afraid to commit both uh, to and not like, he'll just like, yeah, just tell me. Yeah. And then like, I'll invite him to things all the time. He'd be like, well, I'm not, no, maybe I don't, may, you know, but like don't, <laughs> don't stop and don't stop inviting me. Keep inviting me. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, if you say no enough, people are going to stop inviting you to things. Right. It's like, I may be in the future. I'll want to do something. Maybe. Yeah. And but I know you well enough. But to I know don't want you, you don't. to stop. Yeah. I, I might <laughs> still say no, but I don't want you to stop inviting me to stuff, you know? I think both I, your attitudes are pretty much bang on. I feel like you almost need <laughs> to be in the middle somewhere, don't you? Where it's like, I'm a no this time, but maybe another time. But I'm, yeah, I think your now I'm good is a place that I would really like to get to because I've notoriously been that person who's like, Oh god, like I have that fear, Jacob. I have that kind of like, oh god, if I say no, like is this person gonna be like, okay, you're not yeah, making enough effort with me? Yeah. Or and I think it is a big anxiety in today's world that like you feel like you're gonna be cut out if you just want some new time. And I am I'm a weird case because even though I am a very social, very kind of extrovert person, I also love my own time, man. Like I love a night in if my partner is like where I'm going out somewhere and I have nowhere to be and I can just sit on the PlayStation and lose myself like that is my happy place and it always will be so I feel like yeah you know more more PlayStation nights in and I remember this year actually the um oh another big thing the queen died 
yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Well, this was a funny thing, right? So my mum messaged me, and I think this is something that I think it's an older generation thing. Right. But my mum was like, Oh, you live in London, right? So you're absolutely going to the funeral. And I I don't go to the Queen's funeral. Like, I think she's a very devoted, very hardworking woman. Wait. But I don't she's a woman. She's I don't know her personally. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I just think it's a bit weird. Like, if you're a massive royalist to turn up there, I think it's fine if that's something that's like your passion. But I don't know. I could sort of take it or leave it. And we got a free day off because of the Queen's funeral. So I was like playing through God of War to get to Ragnarok, which we will talk about soon. Um, But I, yeah, my mum phoned me and she was like, so are you, um, it doesn't sound very noisy where you are. And I'm like, well, no, I'm on my sofa. I'm in my pants. And she was like, are you not at the Queen's funeral? She's I was upset. Like, She's like, she was on, on the behalf of her match. She was literally like, <laughs> are you not at Lizzie's funeral? Like, you know, Auntie Lizzie that everyone knows. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm like, this is a day this that this I am playing PlayStation in my pants. And she was like, oh, well, you know, the Queen's getting buried today and you're playing PlayStation in your pants. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what she would have wanted. <laughs> what, honestly, oh I, I felt the presence of her match that day, looking down <laughs> on me and being like, you take your son, Atreus, up that mountain. Well, like from what I heard, it was like a nine hour wait or something like that to see. And my, yeah. my, my argument is that it's a nine hour to wait to see a dead body if they have the casket open. And it's like, if that's your thing, I get like, I don't like funerals to begin with. Like, well, I no, hate yeah, who, who wakes up and is like, fuck yeah, it's a funeral, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Especially when you've been given a day off that you don't need to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if your fuck other alternative was going to be working, yeah, sure. I just absolutely. don't like the, the, the halo of energy around funerals, right? It's always so dark and dreary and drab. And it's like, I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that at my own funeral, right? I want a celebration yeah. of life. I want to wake. I want to. I want to wake at my like for my funeral, or whatever. Just have a big drink and party. People have fun. Maybe there's a fight or two. I don't know. Somebody gets stabbed. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Go stand in line for nine your funeral is gonna be a rage, Jacob. <laughs> I, I a buffet so. instead of you being in the coffin, it'll be a buffet. I'm the. I'm the, actually one of the attendants at the buffet. They prop me up to like look like I'm serving a weekend at Bernie's people. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yes! Oh, oh my god, that'd be great. I don't use my my dead grotesque body for anything you need. I don't care. It's gone. I'm I'm out of this world, baby. Just prop him up. Can you imagine all the photos of just like selfies of your like weekend so. of Bernie's body? There's plenty. Yeah, let's get it trending. <laughs> That'd be great. Actually, my friend's dad, um, bless him, passed away recently. He was a lovely, lovely guy. He was very much a joker. And um, he's at his funeral. He had. Um, I don't know if you guys know this because I think they're a British band actually. Yeah, they are. Um, the Prodigy. He yep. had um, twisted Firestarter. He had Firestarter as the coffin went into like the incinerator, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> which is obviously like so fucking dark, but also quite funny. Um, and fine. I think that's the you've got to have people remember your legacy in a very like uplifting way. I'd like to think I'd be the same. Like that when feels I go, like a very British yeah. humor bit. <laughs> It like is, that's, yeah, that's absolutely. like something you would see on like BBC Two, and it's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All with, these like, people like, I'm a fire starter, twisted yeah. fire starter, <laughs> and this coffin's just sliding into the incinerator. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think yeah, remember people for like the humor and the joy that they brought. Don't remember them for like you know. Don't just make it all about sorrow. I think it should be a bit of bit of both. So, but yeah, so didn't go see Queenie unfortunately. But I, mean, I your mom you know, set right now. She's. I know she's really really bummed. Why didn't she but, go? Um, 
Well, she lives in uh, in Wellingborough, which is quite far away from London. But I think she was just like, oh, I mean, to be honest, I think it was more that I lived in London that she was like, it's on your doorstep. And I'm like, so? She, put this one on you. she was like, you have to do this. <laughs> Does it mean that I want to be in a nine-hour queue? <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah. um yeah, but uh but I you know she I think she was a very remarkable, very inspirational woman, and I'm you know feel like we're all gonna miss her in, in some way or another. But um I did not know her personally and just got like a nine hour wait on a day that I could have been playing and doing my own thing would have been a waste. So yeah, those those free days off are few and far between here, especially. Yeah, uh, so we'll see we, with us. Yeah. We we you know, we're lucky enough. Well, at least Jacob and I both. So we were off on Thursday and Friday. So we got like a four day weekend and it's been like, like blissful. Like, it's just like, mm. like, what, what do you do? Like, you know, you have four days off. It's not vacation. I mean, it is vacation, but you're not going mm. anywhere. Cause like, you know, Thanksgiving and all that shit. But like, um, like you kind of like get to Saturday and you're just like, what, what day is it? What, what's going on? Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know anymore, you know? Um, yeah. But like. I don't know. So like the big thing with, you know, I, I like Thanksgiving because I'm, I'm gluttonous and I like to eat. I don't really like Christmas, but like two parts. So like, do you all like feel any like of the effects of like the Black Friday stuff over there? Um, yeah. I mean, I was also going to say as well, happy Thanksgiving guys. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, mean, it's, I, I mean, it's fine. Um, <laughs> we got food at least. That's cool. Uh, yeah. we, we definitely do feel the effects to some, to some degree. We, we have, um, I think it's actually, it's, this is a really interesting question, Alex, because I think it's kind of been very gradual when I was younger. I don't think it was ever a thing. And I mean, obviously black Friday has something, it's something that has happened in my lifetime, right? It's not right. something that, um, has been historical or anywhere, you know, obviously it has its roots in historical um, in context, but the actual sale, sale, sale side of it, only really in the last maybe 10 years have I noticed Black Friday being more of a thing. And it started over here very much as Black Friday. And I remember hearing someone in America say that actually in, in America, it's very much like the whole of November is like Black Friday month. Like they milk every bit out of it. They do now. Over- Consumerism, baby. Yeah, Consumerism, every, baby. Just about every um, company had their had their Black Friday deals pretty much like November 1st. It was like Yeah, and, and actually this this time around, I noticed it very similarly. Because at one point I said to Leo, I was like, oh, it's Black Friday um, this Friday. Because I'd seen like <laughs> several, there was so much spam in my inbox about Black Friday. And actually it was only the first Friday of November or the second and I was like, oh, holy shit, we're getting on it early. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've got Cyber Monday as well, which is tomorrow. I don't know where the fuck Cyber Monday came from, but um, that Cyber just, Monday. Yeah, that it feels like, like an online So, like, the way it's, like, you know, the way it originated was, like, Thursday night on Thanksgiving at, like, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., mm. 11 p.m., like, people would go out and they would camp out at, like, you know, Best Buy and GameStop and and Target and all these places. So that way they had the doorbusters when like the stores would open at like 1 a.m., right? You do all yeah. your shopping. And as time has went on, that's sort of like there for a long time, people were opening up at like 8 p.m. And now it's kind of swung the other way to where like they're not really opening up and not really doing like this, the madness. And because like, I'm sure you've seen the videos of people getting trampled to death for a 200 I've seen the, people, the videos of people literally looting like it's an apocalypse, guys. Like, they are, <laughs> oh, they are yeah. taking well, like now, so. TVs out of like shop windows and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like yeah. now it's it because it's it's more spread out. Right. So you get that stuff in, in Amazon and, and just online shopping. I don't want to say has killed it, but it's just like the 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 appeal is no longer there because you can yeah. you just order all of the same exact deals. Like there's not very many places like brick and mortar places that actually do stuff like that, at least where we are. But then you have 
small business Saturday where like instead of going to like the big corporate corporate stores, you go to your local mom and pop stores. And then that's Monday, really cool. And then on Monday uh, you have this cyber Monday, but it's just like they're just trying to like literally just like squeeze your wallet out of you. You sure yeah, you exactly. spent enough money this week? Yeah, are you, are sure? you sure? Yeah, it's basically a festival for consumerism now, isn't it? Oh my god. It's well, that's America. Like, <laughs> they've taken well, I mean it happens over here too. Like they've taken Cyber Monday is gonna kick off tomorrow and I'm already getting loads. I bet if I look in my email inbox now yeah. I'll have like a, a Cyber Monday. Monday deal from somewhere. Um, and what's and crazy is, is like the deals so aren't true. even that different. Like it's the same exact. It was on Friday, right? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes companies are bloody cheeky. Sometimes they will actually put the price up like a week before yeah. and then lower it yeah. as though that wasn't the price the whole time anyway. And it's like, I see you. I see you. As 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 a person who worked in retail for ten years, I can verify that anytime something went on because I worked at a, at a Hobby Lobby, so it was like a craft store. And, uh, well, well, (laughs) there's a lot of, a lot of baggage there. It was a, it was a very, it's a very religiously owned store. Uh, Oh, right. Okay. I got you. Which does not me. Right. But they paid very well anyways. Um, and so like, like the owners of the store, like they, it's, it's a whole crazy thing. Like they opened up a Bible museum Mm -hmm. and like literally like stole like thousands of items out of like Afghanistan and Iraq when we, when the United States went over there and brought it back and opened up a museum and then gotten and like got busted for it. And then like ended up having to send it all back. They're like real shitty people. They don't pay right. like, you know, they don't pay for birth control. They don't do that. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like we would jack the price, like the normal price is like, they would increase everything by like three, $4. But then like when it's on sale, it's 40% off. Uh, so like they did they that don't shit. Any money. Yeah. yeah so that's how they get you. That's how they get you. And they have the audacity to package it up like it's a deal. Yeah. Like you're getting a good yeah, it doesn't infuriate me. I mean, I used to do I used to work in game, um, which is basically the UK's GameStop. GameStop. Um, and uh yeah, I remember it Black Fridays were absolutely insane because yeah, you just get people queuing outside the door. And I do think in the last maybe yeah, 10 years, I've seen it kind of gradually get worse each year to the point where now I think even in the UK, it's probably less mad than it is in the US, but we do still experience it. And it does feel like they've designed this festival of consumerism. It's like, oh, let's have Coachella for, you know, <laughs> spending money. <laughs> let's make sure it runs over the whole weekend and we'll make sure that we keep giving it funny names like Cyber Monday and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Just absolutely. so that people... Uh, People feel as though it's something that's like a, a celebration, but it's really not. It's a it's a daylight robbery. So, yeah, so we're all struggling to afford food, and here yeah, we are. Right. Hey, we got to sell. Hey, yeah, half off. But hey, uh, yeah, man, you can the steam the steam autumn sale. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. absolutely. Buy, I mean, that, more that games said, have you got any bargains in the steam sale? <laughs> I mean, not. Looked. I think. I, like, I mean, the last yeah. thing I bought was God of War, and you know, fucking blaze through that, and it was. Not to like really, because you've not had the chance to play it yet. I haven't. I installed it uh, on launch day, naturally, because I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then we just had a string of really shit deadlines and I had to work a lot of the evenings. So it was one of those things where I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. My partner started it um, and he would, I would walk into the room and he'd be playing it. And I had to insist that he had, we've got like a pulse headset for the PS5. I had to insist that that bitch played it with the headset on. Cause I was like, I am not overhearing. When I'm coming down to make myself a coffee, I am not overhearing a spoiler. You best believe. So um, he's actually, I'm not sure how far he's through it. 
Um, but he hasn't finished it yet. But I am, um, as soon as we're obviously we've wrapped up and we've recorded this and I've had a lovely chinwag with you guys, I'm going to go make myself some dinner and then I am going to play it because yeah, yeah. Leo's away this weekend. Well, he's filming basically, he's filming like a big um, uh, Christmas live concert. And uh, I was like, I'm seizing my opportunity to really get on it now that I've That's got all those great. deadlines out of the way. So it's three weeks later than I would have liked, but I am uh, really excited to hop in. What have you, how have you, been, uh, I mean, Tell me about it without spoiling it. Tell me about it. Very excited. I'll uh, let Jacob go. go. Well, I'll let Jacob go because Jacob (laughs) beat it before me. But then, like once he beat it, he was done. I've done everything. I. It's a great game for going back and doing everything. Like I, so I beat it right because I, I had I. You're Alex is a lot in the same vein as you, where he got to play or but he got to play it initially and then got like a quarter of the way through it or whatever, and then just had to stop because of work. And I was like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm really slow. I'm going to keep going. And so yeah. I just kept playing it. I could not put it down. It's a ton of fun. Uh, I will yeah. say you never know where you're at in the story as far as like yes. how long until you beat it. And I, yeah. did, I, me and Alex were going back and forth about talking about it because I didn't want it to end. So I didn't want to look up how far into the story I was. But also exactly because you don't want to be like, oh, God, yeah, I'm nearing, I'm nearing the conclusion now. Yeah, yeah I he, get you. He could not initiate the conversation with me because he was further along than I was. And so I, I would have I to tell him, I'd be like, anything. Hey, here's, yeah. I just did this. I just did that. The, yeah. It is very long. Like yeah. way. I've heard like, it's much longer than the original game. Cause um, I, I had just recently yeah. replayed the first one. I just mainlined same, it. Same. Yeah. And, I, I did that um, on the queen's funeral day. That was my, it was my, <laughs> so that was the day I started replaying God of War. Um, but yeah, I replayed it and I actually finished it a good week before. So I yeah. was like ready. That yeah, was exactly. me. And I was like, and because that was like the third or fourth time that I'd played it, but it was just sort of like, I didn't, I didn't even really have to pay attention. It was just more of like a, like a refresher, but when it's you, a refresher. Yeah. But when you start it up, there is a, like a five minute, Hey, here's what happened last time sort of thing. Oh, that you can do. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, okay. But, and it really focuses on very particular things that play into this one. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it starts off like balls to the wall, like within the first yeah. hour, you're just like, Oh, okay. I heard it's we're, really we're, emotional from like the jump. We're, go, we're, we're going here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. I, there's a couple things that I've noticed. I, I, and again, having just replayed it, I do think that the, and we, he and I both came across the same thing. The blocking mm. is worse. Like with your oh, shield. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's interesting. Cause so, you think they would have got that kind of finesse because of the fact that, cause I was actually watching an interview um, with them. Um, PlayStation Access, who are a bunch of awesome British people who I actually now work with. They're part of um, they're part of Reach. They're part of the production agency that I'm a part of, and they were talking about um, how the combat is quite fluid. And I think one of them made a really good point that when they obviously transition from the OG tri- uh, trilogy of God of War yeah. uh, into 2018, they would have had to have done a lot of work to kind of get the over the shoulder camera angle right and like make everything feel really fluid as you're kind of walking almost like slightly behind Kratos, like, cause it was third person in a very different way before. Mm. So to get that cinematic approach, exactly. To get that cinematic approach, right. They would have had to have trialed a lot of stuff combat wise that probably wouldn't have worked and just hope to fuck that it stuck. Whereas I was hoping with Ragnarok, 
they'd actually had chance to get that right and now it was less of a concern so it's weird that it's worse because you think if anything the challenges came with the first game because of how well, he, different he's coming off of elden ring where the combat is focused on blocking and parrying where in god yeah. of war your first reaction is to attack 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 and then block exactly right? yeah and with the first game the parrying felt more forgiving and the timing wise, but this one they've implemented multiple types of shields that do different things. So there's one shield that is all about parrying. So your, your, your window of parrying is much more forgiving than like when you, like I have the one I use the most of the time was I could block the, so you have regular attacks, then you have the yellow yep. attacks that, you know, the thing it triggers for you to, to block or parry yep. and then the red ones you can't block. But this one, the one I use is like the more they attack, it builds up this like force on your shield and then like you can use it as like a blast. So, but it doesn't, nice. but so like you have different shields to play with and, and it gives you like kind of like a different approach to combat and stuff. But even still there were moments towards the end of the game where you get hit with an attack that is a regular attack, especially from a boss. And then like you get trapped in a corner and like you're hitting L1 to block and it just, it doesn't do it. And it's mm -hmm. infuriating. The enemies feel like, like there were, there's like at the very beginning, there's a, there's not even a, they, they structure, they have, there's more, a hundred percent more variety in like enemies that you fight now. Cause mm -hmm. one of the big complaints was like, you're just fighting droggers and. Oh, gotcha. It's just literally drogger, drogger, drogger. And, and then trolls, occasionally right? yeah. you'll have a troll up here. Yeah. So this one, <laughs> I think they did genuinely listen there. Yeah. yeah. Like within the first like two hours, you probably fight more different types of enemies than you did in the last game combined. And there, there's a ton of oh. them, but like there's like this one enemy that you fight and I just like absolutely whooped my ass, but like killed, it hit me and like, like three times and killed me. And I'm like, like, I don't mm. like, I, I don't mind to like die, but like, I like enemies just seem to pack a punch way more. And like, you're like, I spent 80% of the game with like my health bar, like, like this much. Like I was just, I actually, it's really interesting that you say that because I found that when I went back to 2018 and I had been playing Elden Ring for most of the year. Yeah. So maybe there is almost like a, I mean, obviously I don't, I know Elden Ring is not your thing, Alex, as you've made clear yeah. very many times, but um, it's, yeah, it was weird. I didn't necessarily vibe with the parrying system in 2018 particularly well. It was a lot easier from the sounds of it, but I guess because um, I'd got the Elden Ring kind of like almost blueprints for yeah. combat in my head. I really struggled with 2018 at first. And I actually, even though I played it before, I completed it before, I found that I was worse at it when I went back for my recap. And I think um, that's Jacob's so, problem yeah. too. But but again, too, like the two different games in like, you know, Soulsborns is all about timing. Mm -hmm. It's all about defense, defense, defense. Then you wait and yeah. do it where God of War is all about being on the offense and then blocking yeah. when you need to, which is- I think that was the thing. It was almost like, I don't I don't like, yeah. that's one of the reason I don't like Soulsborne because I don't like just holding the block button for 20 fucking minutes to get one hit in. Well, I hate it's it. I hate it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm exaggerating to-, to <laughs> But I know what you mean. I, you have to play more conservatively, which whereas I get it. Like I like the idea of God of War of a hack and slash. And that's kind of where I think I, I got my ass handed to me so often was because I ran in there being like, I'm just going to mash R1 yeah. and I'm going to kick this guy's ass. And actually, that isn't the case. A lot of the time, you will, yeah, you'll find yeah. that you need to be a little bit more conservative with your attacks. But yeah, I mean, it looks, but the enemy variety looks great. I've seen some like footage of like crocodile like creatures and more sort of like bestial things as opposed to just like humanoid monsters. Yep. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm really stoked to get into it. I'm excited I will, for you, you play it. Yeah, I, I will fun. say, I, I don't, there's probably a bit of recency bias in there and the fact that I just, you know, I think my final, my final save slot was 50 hours, I think. Um, so I, I think it is, 
it's it's weird, right? Because like I had the same issue with Horizon Forbidden West. I think Horizon Forbidden West is a better game all around than for Horizon Zero Dawn. But like, yeah, I prefer Zero Dawn because it was unique, it was different, it was fresh. Whereas the whole point of a sequel is to improve on everything, which it did. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Is I love Forbidden West, but like I didn't click with it as much as I did with Zero Dawn. But it's not necessarily the same thing with God of War. But it just feels like there was something unique with the first one, I guess, being a new parent. Because, my, I mean, Zoe was only like seven months old at that point. So this is the difference where now Atreus is like a teenager and he's a bratty, shitty little kid. <laughs> and he's annoying as hell. Um, so there's that whole thing. But um, I didn't. So the Valkyrie Queen in the first game is one of the, it's literally one of the hardest boss battles i've ever it's, had. it's nails it's absolute nails in it it is in, insanely hard like it's I, worthy of the from software game in it i yeah. don't think yeah. that any of them are as challenging in this game even oh, though okay there are some that are very challenging but i never felt with seagrin i felt i felt the game i thought it was unfair i was like this is like it's it's mm. you're not supposed to beat this where in this one there's a couple of them where i'm like okay I'm I, I'm actually doing something wrong as opposed to like where, you know, you, you fight Seagrin and you're like, I, like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's just like yeah. she's relentless. And then with this one, all of all of the like bosses and stuff, I will say that a lot of this main story stuff felt kind of easy. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think Jacob can probably attest to that, too. Like none of the main bosses, ever, like nothing in the main storyline felt particularly hard. And I played it on the the, the default, which is like supposed to be challenging and like it's there's supposed to be a bad i think it's called give I'd, me balance i'd argue it felt like they were supposed to be beat and they did and like my my take on it is that the game developers didn't want you to sit here and be struggling on main bosses mm-hmm. while you're trying to complete the story mode because most of the, ch- like the chances are if you're continuing on the story you're not so much worried about like uh the skill level of the bosses and stuff you're more worried about like how the story progresses and, and you and they don't want to stump you to the point where it's like like it uh, like with uh like with elden ring when i got to the dumb the dumb shit with the two giant swords i always forget i forget his name now because i haven't played in a hot minute but uh, the big guy everybody I, he was the biggest he was the one of the bigger bosses i always had a hard time beating him but it was like with the story you couldn't go forward until you beat this dude are you talking about margaret no, it's the big guy with the swords and he's got the horse. I just, Mark's I just, I love that you're saying big guy with the swords. I'm like, that's like, as pretty much every boss. It, yeah, right. It's the guy with the swords and just the horse. Just look it up. Horse. It's the dude with the health bar, right? It's him. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's the, mo- the you know, the guy. boss, the boss. Yeah, Elden oh. Ring. Two uh, guys General, with Radon, General Radon. <laughs> okay. Oh, him. Oh, I yeah. Had, I died to him at least 200 times. Like, no, he, he was the one who was who was actually causing a big issue for a lot of players. Oh, I actually God. think they nerfed him slightly. Um, well, it, my thing is that, like, when it's upsetting because, right, because I can't progress the story. Like, in, yeah. in Bloodborne, I couldn't progress the story because I couldn't beat the first boss. So it's like, yeah, it seemed it felt to me that in god of war get uh, good Ragnarok. bitch i mean okay that's the that's the sentiment right from a lot of people who play elden ring sure it's unhelpful but they didn't it felt like they didn't <laughs> want anybody to be on, on like at least tripped up on that part while they're playing the story 
So I don't know. I love the idea that someone hears get good as and they're like, oh get oh get good, get good. Oh, oh shit. That's Damn. what I need to do. That's what I'm missing. Get well, good. bugger me. I've been doing it wrong the whole time. I need to get good. Yeah. They're circling it. And they're like, yeah, I gotta get yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Step one, get them. good. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I will but, say- I mean, but you are right about the whole like blocker to the story. I think we've got to war it because it is more of a cinematic epic and it's targeted at people who do want that narrative experience yes. i think that's part of it is i think you're jacob's right is that that's a reason why maybe the main game story bosses don't pack as much of a punch because there is like there's layers to it isn't there there's levels to it it's like if you want to go and explore if you want to squeeze every drop of juice out of that game then you are more likely to go and do all the side quests and do all the other stuff whereas some people are just going to play it through and that's going to be enough for them i don't think it would be for alex ever that's yeah. not the kind of <laughs> the the side quests in this one seem more meaningful they seem like they actually have like reasoning other than like because i mean you run into those like that's just game design 101 like sometimes you're just like oh well we got to put more content in here but like yeah you know, i know you the witcher ahead. the witcher does like a really good job of making the side the witcher quests, is like, one of the ones that genuinely yeah. i think changed everything i remember when i first played the witcher 3 and i jumped in and in the first maybe like three hours of the game, I did more side quests, I think, than I did any of the sort of story stuff because they were genuinely compelling. Like yeah. you meet one guy very early on um, who it's literally in the opening like three or four hours of the game who has been like ostracized to a wood, to a forest because he's gay basically. But like they think there's like, I think they, I think it's cross wires. I think the villagers think there's something wrong with him or something like um, he's been pushed away and Geralt kind of goes to speak to him thinking that he's a monster. And like, there's that real clever subtext of like, he's not a monster. He's just, he's homosexual. And you know, the villagers are like, get the fuck out of it. And it's awful. When this guy is talking to Geralt and like telling his story, I was so fucking like, I remember getting really quite emotional about it. And I was like, oh my God, this poor guy. And <laughs> it was a genuinely an NPC that I am never going to see again in the remaining 100 hours right. of the game. That's what The Witcher does really well, is that actually makes you care about every side quest because it does feel meaty. Whereas a lot of the games, particularly huge open world affairs, a lot of the Ubisoft, like Far Cry's and sort of... Uh, hey, other, go get this for uh, me. Assassin's Creed, yeah, it's very much a, a, a case of fetch quests or it's a case of, um, yeah, I, I'd like someone to go and collect uh, all these different flowers, bring them back to me. Uh, it does feel, yeah, incredibly generic well, you, in a lot of other games. Spoilers, you do have that in God of War, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, there well, a lot is of the stuff with, uh, with Sindri and Brock was always quite fun in the old game because you'd right. be like, okay, cool. So if I go and find like this particular metal that like Sindri's after, then yeah. I'm going to end up getting a super cool weapon out of it. There's like um, there's a lot, there's like quite a bit of like post game stuff. I'm a little like not eh on like what it was. It's just like some of the stuff that's tucked away at the end is kind of like, Oh wow. Like that feels yeah. like it should have been addressed at the very end of the like main campaign. But I get the idea of like, well, we, we want you to go further in and we want you to, explore everything because like there's some stuff that literally cannot be accessed until you beat it which wow gives you, okay which gives you like there's i love I'm, that because obviously i mean you all nine realms like that's the whole like gist of it right? yeah so there's like parts of certain realms that like you, you're just like okay like you go to it and then like that you're like there's nothing here but then like when the game is over you're like it just like opens up i like there's two realms that are huge i mean 
in like just like I can't believe there's that much content tucked away at the very end of it. Like there's an entire realm, like half of the realm is like access at the after the game is over. And it mm. is like substantially big too. Like it's not wow. just like, oh, here's a couple. So it's just like I will say, uh, in full transparency, I do think that the I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just because it was different, but I don't feel like the combat improved at mm. all. And I do feel like because the way that the story is paced, you never really feel it's kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy game, right? Like the whole yeah. po- the game, of the, like you're playing that game for the story. The combat is kind of secondary in nature. And so like while the combat of Guardians of the Galaxy was not great, it mm. served its purpose. Yeah. And I think, you know, the big problem with that game was like they led with all the combat when that game actually like turned out to be a pretty solid game. It's just they didn't market it correctly. Where in this, I do like the combat is fine. Like it's if you play, if you enjoyed it last game, you're gonna it, you'll fit right in like a glove. Mm. But there were times where I'm just like, I don't, I never really love like I liked the previous like the Greek stuff, but its focus on like combos kind of annoyed me, mm. and like because like that's what the focus was right. This one is more about like hey, let's defeat the monsters to move on to the next part. Yeah, and in the post game stuff is where kind of the deficiencies in combat kind of like are more visible. Yeah. They really not, shine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, there's a particular weapon that like I found to be the least interesting, but it's also the best weapon in the game. Like it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's just the way it's designed to be used mm. is very effective, but it's not as flashy as the ones you want to use. Right. So but, yeah. um, there is, like there's just a lot of stuff in the end of the game that just like there's like four secret bosses that aren't even they're not they're not a quest they're just like a thing what are they called now are they called like the dreadnoughts or something i think i've seen i might be misreading something well, i don't but... i don't want to spoil it oh okay all right yeah. uh, so but... I've, I've seen that there's like other bosses in it that are the valkyries that's about as much as i know yeah <laughs> 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 they're not fun uh, but okay. even those, but the, those, those bosses are part of a quest. I'm saying there are literally bosses in the game that are not, they're not marked. They're not part of a quest. They're literally like you so get an item, you get it. Well, you get an item and the item doesn't tell you what it does. You bring mm-hmm. the item to certain places, you activate the item. It then brings in a boss that is like, there's nothing about it, but it's, it's a secret boss, but it's for, if you want the best armor in the game, you have to defeat these bosses if that oh. makes sense so okay. but it yeah. but it doesn't really tell you like in the game that like oh hey by the way here's 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 this i feel like it's people just... would have gotten overwhelmed with the amount of stuff to do after like in those realms if they hadn't just like not locked it i guess they did technically lock it behind the end of game or whatever but there is I, my biggest complaint is there's something in the first game that happens that is not addressed we won't talk about it but it is not addressed in the second game at all and right. it seems oh, yeah. as if it was just something that was either forgotten or it was just like, eh, we're not, we're not gonna address it, and it's a pretty big thing. The, I uh, again, I don't want to really spoil talk about anything. It. I love oh how you guys no, are like, like, like tiptoeing right now, I'm just like, oh, no, don't trouble the mind. There's yeah. several plot points that I think I don't know. Alex is Alex is 100 percent of the game, but I feel like there are several things where like they kind of leave them up. In the there's air. only one thing that to me, there's two things, but one of them happens at the end. There's only one thing that. I feel is not tidied, not, not, there's no nice bow at the end and it feels like it was forgotten. So, okay. 
Interesting. Uh, and there is uh, going to be a third game, right? They they have confirmed. I'm sure they've said it's a trilogy. I'm sure Corey Cook. I always say Corey Balrog because of bloody yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Balrog <laughs> has said, I'm sure there's going to be a third. So he so, was not the creative he was not the guy in charge he wasn't no 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 he's he's still the creator as such but yes, the director the creative, of this game is yes. actually uh oh my god what's his name i can see his face in my head um yeah i'll have to google it. it's gonna bug me but There's, yeah he um is I, a, I, the director of this one is different i well Corey had he's working on something else and they have yeah. he's they've confirmed that they have like multiple things at santa monica that they're doing um i don't i i don't know like until you beat it, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if there's going to if there's going to be a third one in this particular mythology. Eric Williams, I think. Eric Williams. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, yeah, that's him. I've just seen his face. I, um, yeah, I, I would be shocked if there's not James Gunn. <laughs> James I would be shocked. I mean, I would be thoroughly shocked if we don't see another God of War. I just don't know if this mythology is the next step. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't I, know. I'm. Yeah, I guess when I when I do complete it, I will uh, message you guys and we can have a bit of a discussion about um, I was where we think it's going to go. I was listening to the spoiler cast and there's things that happened that like I sent it to Jacob and I'm like, did you have any idea? And there's something that's hidden very well early on in the game that most people don't realize that it's just Ooh. like, man, that that's long term storytelling right there. Like you just it's great. It's, it's great. Hard, but I mean, that's the thing is like the the story is told very well i think there's, there's only like, yeah, one sure, part in the main story that i yeah. thought dragged on a little it, no. yes and there there is yeah there's a whole portion it does feel a little bit long but like the story is told very well i think that that the side quest in particular like i love that they they still have bits of story as well like that's the, the fun part about doing the side quests is that like the very early on in the game you do one i'm not going to spoil anything but it's like you feel like you're also learning yeah about it's a lot of world building that in the world as far as like the world that you're now a part of right and it felt like i don't know i don't remember the first one it might have had that but i, I didn't go back i think it, it definitely but... does in the sense of like the world building like i remember uh when i did my replay recently one of the first things that you find in 2018 is the uh murals those kind of big wooden panels that you open and they have mm -hmm. like a yeah. big slab of norse mythology behind them and uh one of the first ones you see is, and it's probably the first maybe 20 minutes of the game, it's crazy soon. It's Skull and Hearty, who are the two wolves that chase right. the sun and the moon. Yes. And obviously they are a huge part of Ragnarok. And I remember when I actually opened that in my replay, I was like, where have I seen those good boys before? And then I Googled <laughs> it and obviously I realized that they're in the trailer. And I was like, oh shit, like they had planted the seeds of the mythology and they planted a lot of stuff that you see because there's that really epic scene at the end of um, 2018 as well, where they look into the mural in um, uh, Jotunheim and they find there's one that's like, it looks like it could be Atreus holding like a dying man. It could be, could be his dad. And the words around it are like father and betrayal and stuff like that and runes. And that kind of flaps up when we see the wind blow and like the fabric blows away from it for just a moment. Kratos sees it. Atreus doesn't. And then he just walks away. Oh, and there's all those little things like lie. that that I'm like, I forgot all about that. Well, yeah, exactly. This is what I mean. Like, oh, okay. I feel like the storytelling is so rich yeah. um, okay. that actually you can really dismantle it from the past, which I think is a testament to a good story, is when you're kind of 
you haven't even seen everything in it yet. You haven't actually fully experienced everything that story has to offer because there are some things that with the added power of hindsight are going to shine brighter. And that was one for me. When I went back to it, I was like, oh my God. There are a lot of seeds planted in the first one that seemingly feel like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And then you're like, when you're playing Ragnarok, you're like, oh, okay. So like they really put a lot of emphasis on it feels like a true sequel, like it, it or not even a sequel. It feels like an absolute continuation because it takes place two winters after the first one. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's the Thimble Winter because Thimble Winter starts obviously at the end of 2018, right? right? That's when the uh, Boulder's been killed and we have all the snowfall. And... Oh yeah, spoilers, everybody. Yeah. yeah well, oh I yeah, mean, sorry. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you can have to do a little disclaimer <laughs> that there will be spoilers to 2018, but not well, I mean, to I mean, it's five years <laughs> past. I feel like at this point yeah like, yeah um yeah you know the statute of limitation there but there's i, I can't wait for you to jump in but like that I, i'm yeah, sure you saw too. you saw the end of like you went back to the house right and saw yeah that. i did yeah yeah i got yeah. thor um the dream that atreus has where thor is there with Tanner so and everything and- that i mean that i mean as you can tell that like that happens like, yeah absolutely right. interesting seeing that because that was one of the first things they revealed in the trailer and the I thought context really cool. in which it happens is not what you expect but you know it is what it is um, yeah and there but- are lots of little things that i so my obviously my workmates have been working on it the playstation guys have and i've seen bits and pieces but luckily nothing out of context that has spoiled anything for me so yeah, i'm in a good position right now but i i feel like there's only so i need to play today because there's only so much longer you can push it before someone shoves something on twitter right. yeah yeah <laughs> and you're like oh i'm crying out loud before it came out i had like muted a bunch of stuff on twitter and you were just yeah. like, stuff pop up like it's like yeah i was seeing stuff but nothing got spoiled but like <laughs> yeah um like and that was what i was talking to jake about like i don't under like if you have a basic understanding of norse mythology right like there's things in the game that happen that are like if you have no idea of norse mythology like it's going to be a shocker but like if you have a basic understanding is it a spoiler if you talk about it like, obviously, I'm not going to talk to you about you, but like, if I'm talking to him, like, if I know that person A and person B do a thing in Norse mythology, and that I theorize based off that, yeah, is that a spoiler? It's a really interesting debate. And I guess going back to my love of Final Fantasy, I think this is something that uh, is really intriguing because I feel this way about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Because truthfully, you should absolutely have, like, as somebody who played the original, I should be devoid of spoilers because if they're following, if they're remaking the game the exact right. same way that they re- they did the original, then it's open season for me because I know everything's going to happen. I've already experienced it. Um, as things happen, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's going to, that, that was the way it went down in the original. Um, so, yeah, the whole original to remake thing kind of, for me, answers that question in the sense of how much creative license, how much distinction are they going to take with that plot? Because you're so right. If you are a huge fan of Norse mythology and you know all the stories, then going into something like God of War Ragnarok, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, the whole thing with uh, Boulder being killed by mistletoe, right? Like that is part of the mythology. Right. That is his one weakness. And I guess if you, when you see that... Um, <laughs> Spoilers, everybody. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really, 
it's really funny. People must have been like, oh yeah, when Atreus gets given the, like the mistletoe arrows, people must have been like, ooh, if they did know. Um, but at the same time, they've taken a lot of liberties with well, it. Also on that too, Balder gets killed by Loki. Exactly. And so. obviously, uh, yeah, and there's obviously that whole thing with Atreus being that that person. Right. Um, potentially, if it was like, because that's what his mother wanted to name him if he was a, you know, like a giant name um, in a different realm. But yeah, it was, it's interesting. I just think it's one of those things where you've got to take it with a pinch of they are going to adapt and they are going to twist it. And they absolutely do. And I think they do it in a very creative way, in a way that works for the story. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Uh, I do hope so. Because nothing's worse than knowing it all before you go in. I, I always saw it too, is that like, I mean, to be fair, they've already taken creative liberty because Kratos is now in Norse mythology. So exactly, obviously, yeah. Obviously, that's going to like skew things one way or the other. Where you know you're not going to have, yeah. There's going to be things that happen from the Norse mythology, but at the same time, it's like now you're sticking this whole other character who's supposed to like yeah. break well, mythologies. You remember yeah. you're in, already crossing timelines in ways they would never have been crossed before. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, there's that one moment. Like it's kind of like hinted at that. Oh yeah, like you know, like we know as a player that Kratos is not from this realm. But like the other, there's certain characters that know. But yeah. then you, once you finally get to Tears Temple and you see all of these relics from all these other mythologies, you're like, oh okay. So like, and they kind of just like leave it at that as like a passive thing. But in this game, there is a lot of emphasis on the Greek mythology, and like just in general of like they. Kratos and like a lot of the exposition, they like, you know, him, like when you're like traveling and stuff with like Mimir and like Mimir's asking all these questions about your homeland and like all. So, like, they really doubled down on the fact that, like, yes, this is a kind of a reboot series, but it's also like a continuation of like, we're not forgetting who Kratos was. Like, I don't think they ever really explained how he gets there. I think maybe in the comic book, no, not in the first game anyway. Yeah. Like, they, and that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I remember how he got there. Well, I mean, they, they 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 touch on the scar and like you know how he has the big scar on his stomach, you know, because he tried to kill himself and all that stuff. Spoilers. Oh, wait, whoa, I didn't miss that. I didn't... It's in the man. In there's God of War so, 3. I don't pay attention enough. in God of War three. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah, I don't know that's why it. he has okay. that giant scar there, which they they address that in this, and it's like you know, yada yada yada, blah blah blah. But like, so it sold like six million copies or something, which is like the fastest in like a week. It's like the most it's ever sold, like first party Sony thing, whatever. And it's like, yeah. yeah, of course, of course it did. Like, it's great. But like six million seems like low, but like also like, okay. But I think it benefited from also being on the PS4. I cannot imagine how this thing runs on PS4. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I, won't, I haven't played it. Obviously, I've, I've got the PS5 version. You get both, don't you? Which is quite cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, it is a next gen, a next yeah. gen game. Look at, um, just look at it. Yeah. But like, you know, obviously like we associate like quality, it's polished front to back, you know, all these things. But then you look on the flip side, which... You know, I have no ill will towards Pokemon whatsoever, but the fucking thing is like a mess. It's a glitchy mess. It's 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 boggled down with like problems, and it sold ten million copies. It's unusual, actually. Pokemon is never normally. Um, I mean, from my experience, anyway, a game that is like riddled by bugs. It's it normally they are that standard that Nintendo tend to put out previously, at least. I haven't played. This is Violet, right? It's Violet Scarlet, yes. Violet and Scarlet. I haven't played either of them yet, but I've seen so many people on Twitter making jokes about it. So they, I think that the problem started because, you know, historically speaking, Pokemon has been a 2D and then they went to 3D, obviously with like 3DS and uh, whenever they hit like the the older consoles, like uh, the the Wii, I think. I think they had a game during the Wii era, but it seems like 
Arceus, which was the one before this one. They, it's a cool concept where it's open world. Pokemon are always out there, but I think that it was one of those things where they didn't do enough. They didn't take enough time to kind of adapt Pokemon to a now 3D environment or open world environment. And so like, but with Arceus being as popular as it was, they were like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep doing it. And instead of like working on anything, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk via like, you know, of course, TikTok, whatever has people on both sides that are like Nintendo fanboys uh, or not Nintendo, but Pokemon fanboys being like, no, this is a Nintendo Switch thing. It's like not Mm -hmm. able to run it. And this is also like and then there's people saying like, no, like, look at the other things that Nintendo Switch can do. Like they showed Final Fantasy is one where like how it looks beautiful on the Switch. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a Switch thing. This is the fact that like Pokemon is poorly optimized. And so like. A lot of back and forth and i think but, that yeah. that's honestly the case with a lot of games too like there's the, the optimization yeah and it's not yeah problem. it's not especially about on the enough. switch i mean it's yeah. not a very it's not a very powerful console and it's not intended to be um but the whole point of that is that like anytime you get they're like well it sold 10 million yeah but it's a piece of shit like it doesn't matter how much <laughs> yeah. it sells like who gives a shit like you and can't equate they just throw monetary there, you know well it's like you can't equate monetary like okay well this sold so many copies as opposed like okay so mm. Like it doesn't matter. It's just like like Pokemon has that brand, that name brand, and then like, exactly like right. everybody, everybody has yeah. people are always gonna consistently buy it. Always, yeah. like it's it's a legacy at this point, isn't it? But like, I'm when... not gonna say it's not fun. Like I've had a great, I've had a good time playing it. Me and uh, shout out Ian, you look great in that shirt. We had a we played together. We used to play. Together do you do you get them like every time, Jacob? Are you kind of consistently Pokemon fan? Uh, no, this is the first one I bought in a hot minute. I didn't buy Arceus because it looked like trash. And then I was like, uh, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll do a little bit better on this one. And it like graphically speaking, like it does look better than Arceus did. There it feels like more environmentally friendly. So it looks like a 360 game. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, very. Again, it's like not well optimized and like it's not designed to run well on the Switch. And like there's people who have taken it on an emulator. Apparently there's a switch emulator and they've run it at like, if you run it at a consistent 30 frames per second on a 1080p screen via the, like the PC looks beautiful. Like it looks fine. Well, everything it runs like it's supposed to, but yeah. So there's a whole thing, but it's still, I have a good time playing it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but there's, there's things that it's lacking in and it feels like that was not one that they spent a whole lot of money on as far as like story uh, there is it they focus a lot on the open world concept and doing what you want to do in the game versus like anything of substance as far as when it comes to uh, like working out bugs and mm-hmm. telling an actually like story that feels compelling and whatnot and I don't like again I don't like the whole you're a, basically a teenager in high school like angle it's it's weird it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy when you think about the Pokemon lore in general the Ash Ketchum was a 10 year old that was just allowed to go out like you know how there's all those crazy (laughs) radioactive wild creatures out there some of which can spew poison literally (laughs) inflict burns yeah um you know just get and you know whip you into shape with vines anything that can harm you can yeah. be found in these creatures just go out 10 year old go out go out so actually put them in this little ball uh catch them and i love the like i will say like i love pokedex entries too uh mm. like apparently like, i remember i didn't read them enough when i was a kid because i didn't really care enough to i didn't know how to read to begin with uh, <laughs> but like a lot of the pokedex entries like when you go back and look at them like there's like some really dark ones there was one pokemon i caught the other day it was like yeah, if it stops bouncing, it dies. And I was just like, wow. Well, I mean, it's the, the one that always springs to mind for me is Cubone. So Cubone wears its mother's skull. 
Hell yeah, that's metal right there. It's I metal think, as fuck, man. It's think, badass. Yeah. Like when its mother dies, yeah. it molds its mother and it puts the skull on its face. And Let's that's go, like man. its mum's skull. And you never see its face until it dies. And then it's crazy. Like there is a lot of there's also I think there's if you Google um dark Pokemon, there are a ton of like uh IGN-ish sites that will have rounded up all the Pokemon with like the darkest Pokedex entries and like backstories. Spirit of a dead kid or something like that. One of them is like yeah, yeah the there's Pokemon, quite a like few a, that are like, like dead dead children. Or one of the haunter, one of those two is like a spirit of a dead kid or something like that. Yeah. It's cool. I wish they would come out with like a metal, like dark version of Pokemon, like ones like angled towards adults, but I don't know if that'll ever happen because you know <laughs> do you get ostracized if you don't give a shit about the World Cup over there? about the world of pokemon no, no the world, world, world cup, cup. The, 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 oh, the world song, cup the oh sorry yeah, that was just such a tangent i was like what um, no no in a good I'm way, in a good way. Pokemon. i was, I don't I was give a shit. like oh okay um, i don't give a shit about pokemon i'm leaving it's a, i think it's kind of so i'm not crazily into football but i appreciate that it's the sort of thing that is so massive i can't really hide from it uh prime example we went to the pub on uh friday night me and a friend we actually met a couple of other friends there but um he really wanted to watch the game so he was kind of proper into it and i was kind of like listen like i will absolutely i like a good drink as much as the next person so i will sit and have a pint and watch the football if it's on but i am not the person opting to go and watch it if that makes any sense at all and i don't think it's necessarily an an ostracized uh notion i think it's more of a you know it's a it's built into culture in such a way that if you like football anyway obviously that's all that that person is going to talk about like anyone at the moment who loves football is insufferable because all they're talking about is the world cup um (laughs) that said it is funny and it is you know it's almost like the memes that come out of it stuff like that like I, I do quite enjoy like just something that captures everyone's attention because there are jokes and there are things that come out of it. And we actually versed you guys on Friday, went up against you guys. Um, and I think it was nil-nil. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. And I think we technically, I think we won technically because of like, I don't know, I, the soccer is, I don't want to call it dumb because there's a lot of people that like soccer <laughs> out there. I got Nick, Nick, my friend, Nick Poe, shout out Nick. Uh, he he loves soccer, Jim. Yeah, Jim. That's always but, posting stuff in the Discord about soccer. He loves soccer. Can I ask about why soccer? Why like? Because you've also got your football. own version of football, which is American football. But you're the only country in the world that calls it soccer. Why? Because we're America. <laughs> we can do what we fucking want. <laughs> okay i don't, I don't know. yeah that's probably the sentiment that a lot of people have yes and, and yeah i know you're being facetious but at the same time there's but like the crazy thing about like football that. american football is like there's not <laughs> other than kicking it in a field goal like there's not really a whole lot of foot involved other than running no it's yeah. it, your your american football is closer to rugby for us yeah so yeah it's, it's really it's honestly it's, it's it i think i don't i'm not a historical person i don't know history people can probably you know check that uh, but I think it's one of those things where we're just like, well, we can't call it football. And they're like, why? Because we're American. We can't call it football. Yeah. What are you talking about? We got to call it something like, I don't know, it's soccer or something. Soccer. Oh, yeah, of course. Soccer. Are there actually any socks involved? No, of course not. But we will call <laughs> it soccer and we will like it. They, yeah. they wear socks. And we're America and you'll listen to us. 
Yeah, and we're like, but well, like, we're gonna, land, well, we're of brave, land of the brave, land of the free, land of the socks. Well, well, it's all a little, yeah, it's debatable at this point. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, like my my issue with soccer is like I don't care. Like I I personally don't care. Yeah, I don't thing, I don't care. The thing yeah, that I'm aggravates not- me is that everyone pretends to give a shit every four years, and it's like if you love fucking soccer so much, then why do you only give a shit every four years? Like we it's have our matters. own, we have the MLS, we have our own soccer league in the in the United States that I don't know a single person who gives a shit about soccer outside of the world. <laughs> Cup. and that's fine if it's just like a social thing the olympics are the same way but it's like yeah. oh my god you love shuffleboard the fuck you do you don't give a shit and like yeah i don't know anybody that's like hell yeah america fuck yeah like no one gives a shit like it's just like a social thing so like it, it's, it, it, it it's is it is very it's very much the same over here as well there, there are loads of friends that i've got who are suddenly like so we have at work we have an, uh, a world cup sweepstake so i don't know if you can see but i have uh switzerland and ecuador Okay. So I'm not going to be winning uh, that sweepstake, um, but it's just a bit of fun. Like it's the kind sure. of thing. I'm in. I'm in for a sweepstake. I'm in for if there's a bunch of us all together, like watching. I actually quite enjoy the World Cup. There's a kind of ethos over here. I mean, I've just said about not being ostracized, but there is kind of a thing where it's like, oh, surely you watch the World Cup though, yeah. even if you don't watch regular football. Um, and I guess that is true to a point. Like I don't really enjoy football as a as a, a thing you know as like i think it goes on forever like we are never when are we ever gonna i know this is like a david mitchell sketch but when are we ever gonna decide who has won the football how can, football, <laughs> how can it mean something when like do, do you know what i mean like if you've won it you've won it do you know what i mean mm. like i don't going back to pokemon and ash ketchum like i can't imagine he goes to the freaking league every single year and they're all as excited each time like no once you've won it you've won it he actually and i mean just, it, i mean it, not to divert too much but he actually just won the pokemon like world he did i know and it made headlines and so many people were so confused they were like what really they went to every anime designer and they were like make this battle the most epic shit you've ever seen in a pokemon show and like wow. it, it's visually very pleasing. I watched, like, I saw it on TikTok. It was like a two, three minute TikTok. I'm sitting here watching, just on the toilet, watching this Pokemon battle. It, <laughs> it was insane. It was like very well done. Uh, it gave me chills. I was like, hell yeah, Ash. I know you're only like 15 at this point, but like, hell yeah, dude. You got hell it. Hell yeah, you know? dude. <laughs> now go live your life. Nice. Become Professor Oak or something. I don't know. The next one. <laughs> but anyway, so, sorry, soccer. But yeah, <laughs> so, but no, no, I, but I, I agree. Basically, I, I don't, I'd like the social side of like, if I'm ever going to enjoy football, it is when it's like the World Cup, because then it's kind of something you can be like, oh, OK, well, it's my team and I can get behind it um, because it's everyone's team because we live in this country. But I don't think it's quite uh, contradictory anyway, because British people don't tend to be. We're both very patriotic and also incredibly self-deprecating. So it's not really something where our thing is not to get in a big room and be like, "Woo, England. But yeah. then at the same time, when we've had a few drinks, we become those people. So it's it's kind of it's a strange duality to being a Brit. You're both proud and ashamed at the same time. Well, um, I think it sounds like me. Like, <laughs> I'm very proud. And I, very I'm ashamed. that I'm that way with my other sports teams, and like that's the whole thing about like we some people like Jacob. They they watch. They're a fan of the team, but like I always bust his balls and call him a fake fan because like he's kind of oblivious to what's going on most of the time when his, own, I feel like when his own game. team uh he's very much a person who will get up in your face when his team is doing well but like pretends yeah. like he doesn't give a shit oh, when they're doing bad. and i hate I those people i absolutely way. hate those people because i am the kind of person which everybody you know fans their own way but i am the very i am very much like my sports teams are like one of my first loves in life and i am loyal to a t 
And like you have like recently this year, especially like all of my sports teams, my three favorite sports teams are the fucking drags of the world. They're fucking terrible. And my foot, my, my actual football team has been so bad for so long that like, I'm, I'm kind of numb. And like, even when they like win a game, I'm like, eh, like just cause you're so accustomed to losing, but like the idea of attaching yourself and making it like making your sports teams, like your identity is like, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, it's fucked up. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> like what your team loses and like, you're just mad. Like why, you know, Yeah. but there's remember, passion, right? Exactly. There's passion, but there's also like, I feel like passion is sometimes an excuse to act like a douche as well that like we've had. There was the premier league fairly recently and England did really well in that. And during that last game where we, we lost, but I thought we lost in style. You know, we did. We also, this is the thing, like it kind of comes down to that like base form of like optimist and pessimist because at the end of like that match, both me and my partner, we watched it together because I never got that far before. So for me, although I don't like football really, that was kind of history. And I was like, oh, I'm watching history. That's different. Right. That's like a, a kind of, you know, you remember where you were when Michael Jackson died kind of shit. So I watched it and was like, oh yeah, this was, this was fun. We didn't, we didn't win. Um, but we sort of got quite into it. And then we went down to the shop because we could hear like all the people like cheering and jeering and stuff. And there were people like drunkenly hijacking buses and like oh, cars Lord. and running through the streets Who of London is? with like tra- traffic cones on their heads. And like, and this is not me being like, you know, if you're going to be a bit of a hooligan, as long as you're not hurting anyone, be a bit of a hooligan. But it felt like we came second, basically. We very nearly won. And this is how you celebrate when we very nearly win. Like, what happens when we actually win? Well, like, you know, there's it doesn't really equate to me. Like, that isn't the kind of celebration you expect right. because we've done fucking well. That's almost like people losing their mind, throwing their toys at the crowd, becoming animals in the street. And it's like, it's, it's an excuse, really, that your team's done well? Very, to do sports brings out the tribalism. It really does, right? Yeah, it massively does. Because you attach yourself, and like that's human nature is to be like you want to be part of something, right? And that's why, like, I think the World Cup back to that is like why people get so wrapped up in it is because it's like, oh, everybody is right, and it's the inclusion. And but like there's nothing more tribalistic than just like rooting for a sports team. Because, like, again, if you think about it, like, especially with someone of, of like me, like I have been I'm 33, I've been watching sports my entire life. How many times have I been rewarded with my loyalty? And by and to me, I equate that as to like winning the championship of the league, right? Gotcha. And if I had to equate that, that's probably four times in 33 years across three sports. Wow. Yeah, right? And so like there's more bad than there is good. There is good, yeah. But like we get so infatuated and so attached. Like when my football team loses, it does not affect me like it used to. Cause it's also because they lost a lot and it was not fair to mm. my daughter for me to be in a bad mood because of a fucking sports team that did bad. Right. Yeah. My hockey team is bad now. And it's just like, hi, like, and I'm very self-deprecating when it comes to that too. Like I'll, I'll shit on the team more than anybody and they're my team. And I yeah. like, and it's like, it's like a, just like a weird mentality when it comes to sports. Cause it's like the older I get, the less I get, attached not attached like i'm still like live or die like this is my team like yo i'm I'm gonna revolve my days like when god of war came out on thursday i fucking watched my hockey team play the team i hate the most instead of firing it up and the game was four to zero and i'm like oh fuck this i'm gonna actually play the game that i want to play because it brings me joy yeah. because 
there are the older you get, the less joy you get out of things anymore. <laughs> and so, I, I guess, oh man, that's such a bleak place to end that conversation. Oh my I god. I, but I also think as well, and this is going back to like, I think it's awesome, like what you say about having uh, that emotional intelligence to realize that you being in a bad mood should not affect Zoe and it should not affect your wife and your family. And also you have the emotional maturity to kind of separate yourself from that tribalistic attitude of like, right. I am my team, right? And that's a wonderful thing that you have, Alex, and that you can be like, I'm a fan of this thing, but I'm not going to let it absolutely consume me. What I liken it to is almost like when you get Lord of the Rings, for example, they recently released like the Rings of Power, didn't they? The right. Amazon series that came out. So many people were like toxic as fuck on the internet, just being like, oh, elves can't be people of color, like, or, or this or whatever. Elves and, are and not real. They're exactly like <laughs> elves are a fucking fictitious race. They can be whatever color skin they want to be. And it makes no sense when you get those people that are so again that can be mistaken for passion that can be like oh well i'm just really passionate about tolkien's books and i just <laughs> like, really want the, actually i really want the source like material we get it with the witcher all the time yeah, yeah. we get people who are just like i want the source material to be like that i want it to be exactly like that just because something isn't exactly like the books like they take it as like a massive insult to their personality and like the showrunner will get sent death threats and like cast members of color get put through so much toxicity and it's horrible. And I'm like, that's the wrong side of passion. And right. I think it's the same thing with sports. I think it's that like unique, because actually when, funnily enough, when we did lose um, the Premier League, uh, all of the young lads um, who were black on that team got so much hate. And especially, I, fucking awful. And Saka, who I remember he was one of the lads who did the penalty at the end, I think who missed the penalty, just got like a shit ton of racist hate. And it is absolutely horrendous that that brings out that side of people. And that is where I think we need to be careful sure. to confuse passion with just excuses Shitty for behavior. precisely. And I think like you, you can't confuse speaking without thought with speaking your, like, you know, your passion. That's not how it works. And I think you are very good at having that passion I and try. knowing its limits yeah i try because um, uh, you know and not, not using using your power for good not for evil eh? i I'll, I'll i'll bring this up I, I hate to bring it up all the time but obviously so like i've kind of just gone away from the mcu i fucking don't like it anymore basically mm -hmm. but i don't like it for a myriad of reasons number one is i hate their interpretation of moon knight like i think it's bad you weren't a fan of it yeah and you were a big I fan yeah it hate it like i i hate it so much and i hate everything about it i hate everything it represents because it's like there is there's when you're dealing with comic book medium in general right like there is 60 years of character interpretation to use right so it's like okay so if you don't use like the current version that's fine but when you don't use any version and you just like totally missed the entire point of the character and you just do this whole thing because you think it's cute and it's yeah. like you're trying to fix you're trying to like put it into this like ball that it doesn't fit yeah you know it's it's the square peg round hole sort of thing like it doesn't and so like they just completely butchered everything about the character and like on top of that there's just a ton of stuff within the mcu that i don't actively like and yeah. i think that it's not very good like i i i read comic books yes i'm a comic book reader first but also you know you get these people that's like oh well you know it's it's there's bad comic books yes but like the mcu does not have the benefit of doing what comic books do 
right? Mm-hmm. You can just like stop a comic book and redo it. You don't have, and it, it doesn't cost you millions and millions of dollars. Like yeah. you, the entire point of the MCU is you're not telling anything that's in, to me, inherently interesting. Like, you know, you're not doing anything. Yeah. You've gotten such a big head and such a big ego that you just like throw shit out there and people are going to lap it up like dogs. And that's fine. Now I don't like the MCU, but I am also not going online on Twitter and like ripping everything to shreds. I, the last thing I watched, the last thing I watched was Dr. Strange. And after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you ask my opinion, I'll like again, I'll tell you my opinion. Yeah, and that's the beauty of having opinions and actually having conversations about it. But just literally directing all your anger and all your hate about a certain thing, whether it's a team losing, whether it's a you know, an adaptation of a show or or a remake or something that you weren't happy about in a game or a movie, whether it is um disrespect of like source material, like you say, it Marvel is they are notoriously just catch cows to me. I, I also feel very similar. I think there is a disingenuousness um, in the way that they make stuff. And I think with Moon Knight, I didn't actually watch Moon Knight, but I know you weren't happy with it because you're you're a big fan. And I remember you saying that you weren't happy with it. And it's one of those things where I think, because we have this, like I say, this debate is a common thread in my working life because of things with The Witcher. And I, with The Witcher, I can kind of understand why people who, who read the books were like, oh, that didn't happen that way in the show. But then also there's enough common ground between the book and the show that it has that creative license again, that adaptation. And I think the original is always going to exist. And if we just literally got a novel translated to the screen, not only would that not work because the mediums of novel and TV are very different, but also it would just defeat the point. You know, you kind of need, like I was a bit confused when Final Fantasy Remake went off on a weird tangent. I don't know if you guys have seen much about it, but when it happened, it kind of did something really different to the original. And I won't spoil it because we've already spoiled games for days on this show now um but i remember getting to the end of being like oh that's not how that happened oh how do i feel about that but as a fan i was kind of like heck the original one still exists if i want to go play that i can go play that now i like that they're trying something new and with moon knight it was kind of from what you said the opposite in that they didn't take any common ground from the original they didn't really use it like understand the character in the right way so rather than it being a bit of a deviation that people can sign kind of go, oh, that's an adaptation. That's a fun twist on it. It was just kind of, it didn't land. It just missed the mark. Completely. What the like, <laughs> like what's crazy about that though, is like, you know, the MCU, you have these, like you introduce these characters and then like the, the idea, at least in my, in my, my mind is like, oh, well, like you're going to introduce Captain America. So now that what you're going to do is you're going to drive people to go pick up comic books. Right. But that, the, that yeah. seems to be the anti MCU model. They actively don't give yes. a shit about the comic books, which is exactly. Which is like, whatever, that's fine. But like, I have said it countless times. I cannot imagine watching, like having never read a Moon Knight comic book in your life, watching the show and going and picking up the current run, which friend of the show, Jed McKay is writing. And it is phenomenal. Like it's a phenomenal comic book right now. It's probably one of the best ones on the, on the market and going and reading it. And just like, you're like, this is not like it's, you know, other than the name, that's it. Like, you know, it's just like, like, I don't, I, it's just like, it would blow my mind because like, at least when you have, there are still some core similarities between like your big characters, like your, you know, your Thor, like, you know, I know people like, I didn't watch the last Thor, everybody hated it, fine. But like, you at least have the common ex- like essence of like what a character is. And it's yeah, like, they exactly. just, and like, again, Moon Knight is a very complicated, complicated character for a long time. He was not very well written, but you kind of like fall in love with the flaws. And like, yeah. I get that like, this is their, their version. And like, th- to transition to another thing, like people like often equate like 
be like complaining as like someone being a negative person but like mm-hmm. we've as an as a society we've lost the ability to have like actual conversations like you either fucking love something or you hate it and like there's no yeah. common ground anymore and it's like just because i don't like something and like i got accused a lot of well you're too close to the source material motherfucker like that's who this show should be for is for me <laughs> like that's yeah. who like as a person who has planted his flag for 25 years for this character that no one had ever heard of until like three years ago like yeah, that's exactly. the, the show should if like if it if it appeals to me and i like it then like not to say that that's all that matters but like i'm i'm the reason that i'm the person who went to the comic book shop every month and bought comic books yada yada, yada yeah. blah, blah, blah. and then, so like there's a you know there's the the ownership mentality which i get and like you're trying to m- make a broad audience out of everything yes i get it but it's also like you have all like that's the whole thing like marvel comics is 80 years old so mm-hmm. like you know like people like destroyed george r, r. martin and and well not even him but like the you know db often wise for game of thrones and how they butchered the end of that right so why, so so why are people not doing the same thing with kevin feige because like by and large jacob it's kind of out on the mcu he doesn't like used to it used to be yeah. appointment like yo let's go to the theater like everything mattered and it's like yeah. nothing, nothing has mattered anymore. Like yeah. I have, and you're not pulling me in. And like, I understand that the MCU is no longer made for me. It's not made from like, it's made for people in their late and like, you know, between the ages of 13 and like 22, like it's not made for me anymore, which is a problem in itself. Because like, if you want the, to cast the widest net, you need to be able to pull in the most amount of people. Like Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is not a show made for me. So like, mm-hmm. I, I would never watch it. Like, but like, where is the show for me? As a th- yeah, a exactly. Like, and like you say, as, as, as a Moon Knight fan, you would think that would be the case. And I think there's right. a difference between pulling in a like. There's a difference between releasing something that is going to pull a new audience, um, and something that is just because you're right. The, the the archetypal audience for that show should be you, and then it's a kind of bonus that like, oh, maybe people who didn't know Moon Knight weren't aware of Moon Knight could watch it and go, oh, actually, I quite like this character. Maybe I'll explore it you're doing kind of like the the double the double uh, dip there in that you're kind of giving a new audience this thing that maybe passed them by, but at the heart of it, you're staying true to the core fans. There were and I think six, it, yeah. ep- sorry to me, there were six episodes oh, no. of that show at like 48 minutes long. The character of Moon Knight shows up for less than five minutes throughout the six episodes. Yeah, it's, that's, it's <laughs> there are really- literally three episodes <laughs> where there's no Moon Knight at all. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, like, it's crazy. Moon Knight it is, is a street vigilante. He beats up dudes in New York. Mm. Like there is the Egyptian mythology behind all of it, but like they went, they put all of their chips into the the the, the Egyptian stuff of it, and it's like that is not the character. Like yeah. that's part of the character, but he beats up dudes on the street in New York City. Like that's what he does. So yeah. like, what are we doing? And I understand whatever. Anyways, all that being said, so like I have a question for you as far as okay. like you know we're coming off to like tie it back around to the original point like we're coming off thanksgiving right and you know here it's all about being grateful and thankful and like you know but as a human being that perturbs me because like again i think oftentimes gratitude and and like it's it's associated with being happy and i'm not i'm not an unhappy person but i'm Mm. not like a oh like i'm not that person either so Mm. like if you're not like my over i'm just very i'm very even like almost all the time like yes i have my highs i have my lows but i'm just very much a like you know i see it for what it is if it's bad Mm -hmm. it's bad if it's good it's good i don't kind of go too far in one direction yeah but like again 
I, I, I do tend to be quote unquote negative time sometimes, but I think that that just has a bad connotation to where like, I think as you like this idea that you should, well, you should just be happy. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, like that's not how it works. Uh, human beings themselves are designed to always want more. Right. Like that's all yeah. like you can be happy with what you have, but you do want more like to always aspire to have more, to be more in your career. Like, you know, complacency is a real thing. And it's mm-hmm. not that like, just because you're complacent in your job doesn't mean that you're unhappy with your job. It's just that you're not being, you're not being fulfilled in that way. Like you're like, again, the job I have fine. Ha- am I happy? I wouldn't say yes. I wouldn't, I'm not unhappy. It's a job. Mm-hmm. Like it's it means to an end, but like I struggle oftentimes with like, but like, what am I doing? Right. What am I doing? And so like, I don't even know where I'm going with this more of just, like, <laughs> there's been like three questions. I'm trying to right. keep hold of them all. <laughs> like, I don't like how be like gratitude is associated with happiness. Like you can yeah. be grateful. I am so incredibly grateful and thankful for what I have. But like, again, p- humans are different. They, they, they invoke emotions differently. Some people are like Jacob where they're just like, hey. but like Jacob's a very dark individual and he thinks that like the worst of everything, but I'm he doesn't dark. show it where I'm on the opposite end where I'm probably more of a, I have a more of a positive outlook on life than Jacob does, but I don't show it where he's always like on the surface. Hey, yeah. You know? So like, yeah, I I think letting for for me, letting go of the, and this is going to sound incredibly like we've got very profound boys, very deep um, (laughs) on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon um, or morning for you guys. Um, But I, I feel letting go of like the idea that happiness is like this ah, kind of uh, the end of the spectrum of like joy and elation and all that stuff. Like I prefer to think of it as like contentment. So contentment is more of a, it's more of a spectrum to me. It's like, if I am, I can be happy one day, I can be sad the next day. That doesn't necessarily mean that in any way I am unhappy or not content with my life. It just means that as human beings, we are incredibly complex creatures and our emotions are a very colorful tapestry, a very, very like long spectrum. And I don't think that just assuming that happiness is like a state that you get into and you're like, ah, I'm happy now. That's it. Because you're right. Like that, that plane of existence never actually materializes because you'll get there and you'll be like, oh, well, I've got the thing that I thought would make me happy. Now I want that thing. Yep. And I've experienced it myself where I'm like, oh, I want to be in this in this industry. And you get in the industry you want to be in. And you're like, ah, cool, done it. Um, nailed it. Uh, not actually, I'm, I'm not, not happy, happy though. You know what I mean? I've been way happier when I have been content with what I have. And I think that's where the thankfulness needs to come from is like, you need to accept that actually the job is a means to an end. It might not be the job that's like your, maybe your dream job, but then there's somewhere to go there. You know, there's somewhere to aspire to. At the same time, you shouldn't be looking at what you've got and going, oh, it's shit, because it's not. It's perfectly fine. Right. And this is where I think it, that me happy medium, literally happy medium should be the term of it. Like that's where not being one side of the spectrum or the other is kind of the key to being content because both of those things also need to exist for the other one to be valid. Like you need to have shit days in order to feel happy. If you were technically happy all the time, you wouldn't be because it wouldn't mean anything (laughs) without the the other duality of that. So I think that's the most crucial thing is just accepting that you can be content with where you are in life. You can still have goals. You can still have aspirations because you would be complacent if you didn't, like you say, 
but you should not always look at life as like, am I happy? Oh my God, am I? Uh, is this happiness right now? Because it doesn't really exist. It's very much an in-between nexus right. point. I, like, you know, mental health is a huge, huge, like m- more than ever, it's kind of like been in a focus on a lot of things. It's like, well, you know, you know, because like it's it's hard to nail down like what makes me mentally unwell is not what would make Jacob mentally unwell, right? Exactly. Because like, yeah, ever, yeah. you know, like you said, humans are complex creatures, but like in a weird way, the thing that has always kind of kept me, because like the world is very dark and dreary and it's very hard, especially being mm-hmm. an, a parent in America. It's very, very oh, hard. The, new, the news right now must be terrifying. And, yeah, and like, cool. as, like, and it's so weird because like I'm, I'm sort of, there's been like a couple of things that have happened over the last week that I had no idea about until they were like brought up at like Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm like, oh, like I had no idea. Cause like I've kind of yeah. slowly started to just like, in like there's, there is ignorance. Ignorance is bliss, right? Like there is, yeah. yeah there is like not knowing is great, but also like as a parent, I have a responsibility to like be aware of, of certain things in that. But like the thing that has always kind of sort of kept me on that. Cause like, you know, we could all, we all have our dark days. We all have that, that like, well, you know, like, what does it even mean? Like we all have that, but like, yeah, in, in a weird way, the thing that has always kept me like, not necessarily like, obviously my family I'm super, like, I'm so like, incredibly thankful for my family and like grateful and like it's just like great like I, I wouldn't have anything like any other way when it comes to that but like in terms of like I've I Jacob knows this I have hit like this weird rut when it comes to like things that I have loved I no long it's not that I don't love them it's just like there's no tv shows anymore that like capture my attention like I just don't give a shit like the MCU was a big thing I don't give a shit like there's nothing on tv there are no movies like like most of the things that come out that I'm excited for have disappointed me in one way or the other Ragnarok mm. notwithstanding like obviously like I was very satisfied with that but like mm. it's just like we're so overwhelmed with content we're so overwhelmed with everything that, massively, like, massively that, like, yeah. I've I've found myself going back and just watching shows watching movies playing games that I've already done that mm. like and it's like just that, that constant need to occupy but because it, it's like you don't and like Netflix is a huge example not Witcher but mm. like you get invested in well no I mean things. Netflix is not who I work for so feel right. free <laughs> but like I just mean Netflix and who well, Netflix most notorious yeah they cancel and also have, have opinions like people can because people often say everything. that they're like not Netflix and I'm like well you know I, I do work with them but you're yeah. allowed to have an opinion on them <laughs> but like it's just like we we've hit this point in society this is very deep but like everything everything is vying for your attention that nothing yeah, is, is vying for your attention right and i think because even the people at netflix would agree with that i think that is part of the model of today's problem is that it, there is too much there is it's as bo burnham says it's everything all of the time and yeah. there is way too much it's it's no wonder that people are getting stressed and overwhelmed with choice because you know back in the day I do feel like there is a correlation with mental health and the idea of having too much choice. It does become, you get jaded, don't you? You become this, very- This like need to always be occupied is, is like, that didn't always, like where, like somewhere along the lines in the last 15 years, that switch has kind of been like, I mean, maybe it's the, the idea of like smartphones and always being connected and stuff and always having to like scroll your attention, right? Your attention is the, is the commodity that everybody wants now. But yeah. it's just like I tell Jacob, it's like, well, like, yeah, everything can't be great. Because if everything is great, then nothing is great because there is no yeah. standard, right? But like the problem is, is that like, okay, well, I don't want to watch this show. And like The Witcher is a prime example now. So like we know that season three is the last one with Henry Cavill, right? It is, yeah. So it's like as as a person who is minor, like I, I like the show. Uh, first two seasons I thought were good. 
but like, where's my incentive to watch it anymore? Yeah. Right. And I'm, I, I know I'm not the only person that feels like, yeah, like there's more of the spinoffs and that stuff, but it's like, I don't really want to get invested into stuff like that anymore. Cause like, where's like, it's always the carrot that's dangling at the end. Right. It's like, you want more, you want more, but like, I don't know. I don't even know what the whole point of that diatribe was. Oh, I know what it was. Is that like, even all things considered, like I'm still, I always sort of like mentally look forward to something, even if like, like every Wednesday or every Tuesday, like I'm going to the comic book shop. Like it's as, 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 as small as that, or like I've got a trip in January or like, I'm always looking forward to something to keep the mind occupied. Right. To, it's like, Oh, well, like I'm having a bad day today, but what about, in a couple of weeks when like I'm going, going here or like, exactly. You have that thing to look forward to. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I'm not going to speak on behalf of anybody, but I think a lot of people forget that. And they kind of, a lot of people sort of live in the moment, which it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think people get too wrapped up in the moment. Right. And this is just me from the outsider's perspective looking in, because I've got a bunch of friends who like really struggle with like mental health and like really like go to see, you go to therapy and go to that stuff because like, you know, it's a struggle. Like it's, it's like a legit struggle. And our generation really, really appreciates and focuses in on that. And like, we're the people that understand and we're the people that you can go to talk to. Whereas like a lot of people, our parents age, it's an afterthought. It's like, Oh, it's a weakness. Like you're weak minded. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's unhelpful. That's unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is. It's, yeah. It's massively unhelpful. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's everyone's, having something to look forward to is definitely a good coping mechanism. I think for a lot of people, um, I think it's a challenge, the whole present thing in it, because there's being in the past and there's being in the future too much and not really enjoying. It's like soaking in the moment that you have now. And I think, I think we're all guilty of being in a position where we're wishing our lives away and we're going, Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. Um, but at the same time, a lot of us dwell in the past. I think the past is the, is the most toxic area of those three. I think yeah. it's best to kind of maintain and like, okay, so I'm enjoying the now. The now is happening. I'm, but if, at the same time, if you're in a situation where you're not particularly happy, you're not particularly comfortable or you're grinding at work, then having that nice thing to look forward to is really important. And it's a, it does a lot for mental health. Yeah. That's not to say that I don't live in the present because as a parent with only one you child. You have to. With, yeah. With the only, I'm literally only going to have one child um that is something like every day i'm like well this is the last time she'll ever be this age right like five whatever you know she's five and a half like and tomorrow she'll be a day older and it's like there is that like weird thing it's like you there will be a point that you never know is coming where it'll be the last time you pick up your child the last time yeah. you do this so like those sort of things always play on my mind because there's like days where i'm just like i am so exhausted i don't want to play <laughs> but then it's like she wants nothing more than to play with me and it's just like, you have to fight that urge to be like, I don't want to. And you, and sort of just got to do it because eventually she's not going to want to have anything to do with you. Right. So like that, you also have to live in the moment too, which is like, man, it's just, it's hard being a human being. Mm, yeah. it is. It's very, yeah. it's very hard. Um, I could sit here and talk to you all day, but I have kept you for quite a while. And oh, no, it's been lovely. This has been like super, super deep. It's been, and it is, <laughs> it is hard being a human being, but I think actually talking about, the struggles that you have and this is why I think the ADHD thing was really good for me recently because that friend of mine who spoke to me about it I had no idea she'd always kind of assumed that she had anxiety and uh, many people do I think more people probably do than don't but anxiety can I think you made a great point earlier Alex and that like lots of people can be made like mental the mental health of individual people individual humans is triggered by different things so what will like 
give you stress won't necessarily give me or Jacob stress and vice versa. So what I thought was really cool about that is that anxiety can spring from lots of sources. But when she was talking about how like learning to cope with ADHD has made her anxiety lessen, I was kind of like, okay, maybe that is because everyone's brain is different. And the thing is, brains don't come with a manual, do they? So you've kind of got to figure that out for yourself. You've got to sort of, I always see it as like this character selection screen where, or character creation screen where you're putting points into like every part of you and your brain is going to have several spectrums of like, you know, a lot, a lot of people are slightly autistic or a lot of people might have ADHD or some people might have obsessive compulsive tendencies. Like the brain is a wonderful thing. And when you know how to get it to work for you, it's fantastic. But if you're working against it, then you're, you're only ever going to let yourself in for issues. So that would be, I guess, my, my advice but yeah, this is really cool. Thanks, guys. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so much fun. This is like a little pep talk over yeah. over time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I could keep talking forever, but I know that you have the night to yourself and you need to go play God of War. I can't wait. Oh my god, I'm gonna go and I'm should I order a takeaway, guys? What do you think? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Why not? No, absolutely. Yeah. Don't waste time oh, cooking. Wasting time I... cooking is time away from Ragnarok. Well, you that's can, what I'm thinking. I just started on a game by the time they get there with your food. You know, and then you're good to go. Like you're good, and you don't you don't have to stop to eat. Like you know, you just keep eating while you're playing. I'm really tempted. I'm really tempted. Yeah, I might I might just get it. Wait, I'm really excited though. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be really fun. I'll text you guys. I'll let you know how I what I think to it all. But um, yeah, I'm really thrilled that. So if you both beaten it now, or is are you still going, Alex? Yep, Mm -hmm. I have hundred percent. Have you both done it? Okay, cool. Oh yeah, of course you have. Yeah, awesome. All right. I've, I've, I've I've tried to get Jacob to go back, but he won't. I've got too much on my plate. I got Call of Duty's got a new mode out, and I got Pokemon. I'm trying to juggle with Call of Duty. It's got so much going on. I got too much mm-hmm. content to consume. Right? <laughs> but Jacob's the perfect person for that, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't Keep know. His brain I, I think it's more like I'm just the, swimming in the toxicity of too much stuff to do. So <laughs> I'm right now. You're the perfect mark, yeah. though. <laughs> Any? What were you gonna say? I was just going to say, I, you know, I completely relate. It's the backlog problem in it. I, uh, I got some money for my birthday, some PlayStation vouchers uh, back in September and I bought Disco Elysium and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play that. There's so much um, stuff in there. Oh my God. Yeah. And then obviously like I've got Kentucky Route Zero as well installed that you told me about. And there's a bunch of stuff that I just, I feel like you almost need to have like a six months off life. <laughs> yeah. And like, is there any way we can have like a holiday from life for six months? My problem people? now is like, now I'm done with God of War and it's like, Okay, now what? Like, there's just yeah. like empty void. Because, like, I mean, Callisto is there anything else coming out that you're? Yeah, the Callisto Protocol's out like next week, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, like second of December yeah. or third of yeah, December. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that'll be cool. That looks like. I mean, I know you were Dead Space fan before. Yes, I love Dead Space. Yeah, so. that's gonna be your. That's gonna be your. Uh, that's gonna butter your past. But what's crazy is like the Dead Space remake comes out in a month. Hmm. So it's like it's a very good time to be shitting yourself about an <laughs> Yeah, right. So I'm I, like I'm weird about my horror. I like my horror to be in, be in space. I don't know. It seems more plausible because like you know you have like horror stuff like Silent Hill. It's like okay, just leave. Yeah, right? in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You can't yeah, leave in space. It, you need it to be where no one can hear you scream. Not right. where a few people can hear you scream. Yeah, no one needs somewhere. to hear you scream. Like, oh, there's yeah. a pyramid head chasing you. Okay, I'll just get in the car and go home. <laughs> like you can't do that in space right no, exactly. <laughs> i've had enough of this i'm leaving see that's you why, later that's, that's why honestly like horror movies don't ever do it for me i love alien like i love space horror but like this idea that this like serial killer is going to come after you okay just leave yeah like it doesn't like plausibly it just doesn't make any sense oh the car doesn't start <laughs> run 
yeah go away yeah like, you're not you're not confined to like stay it's in not contained fast, enough anyway. yeah, yeah exactly but, like on a spaceship you yeah there's nowhere you can go right so it's nope. like so that's why i don't know i've always gravitated towards like space horror as opposed just to just like regular like, like resident evil's fine but like just leave the town <laughs> you know what I mean? but there's just not call a an uber just get an uber out you go go not stopping in this town that's for <laughs> yeah. sure and just like drive just away running over to your uber driver like nemesis is chasing me can we um i'll pay you a little bit more if you go a bit faster yeah. and he's yeah, like right. oh, okay sure uh five stars though yeah yeah five stars um <laughs> so where can people find you where can people find me so uh on uh instagram right now i am at amy underscore mallet and the same on twitter as well okay. at amy underscore mallet and you've got your D&D podcast. D&D podcast is uh, Dice Death Pod on all the things. Um, and it's going really well. Like we've had a blast. We started doing it for a laugh during lockdown. And the amount of people, I haven't shown you guys these. So um, one guy in Australia who listens made these little figurines I saw this on of Instagram. our characters. That's awesome. Look at this. That's really ah. cool. So you fucking mean. dope, man. Like little Warhammer figures. That's like, where I want to be in life on a podcast where people make shit for us. Make shit. Us. Yeah, it's been great. That's, so Dice with Death's been really fun. The boys are fantastic. Um, yeah, we're kind of hoping to just, we're all quite busy people. Like some of us have got kids and some of us, I mean, my friend Adam works at what culture, so he's got the same kind of lifestyle as me. But um, yeah, we're uh, we're getting there with it. We're really enjoying it. So definitely, if you're a D&D fan, check out Dice Death Pod. Am I gaming fiction addiction? We got episodes coming down the pipeline. We do, yes. Hopefully by Christmas, we're going to finish and release Kota completely because I started the whole thing designed to be this, this kind of like archive library where it's like every episode is its own unique game and you just get someone in who's really passionate about that game and all you do is just shoot the shit about that game. And then Ben, my dear friend Ben, which is I love the guy, broke the model because he was just like, I want to do Kota. And I was like, okay, how long is the Knights of the Old Republic? And he was like, oh, it's pretty long. And the, the, the actual <laughs> planets and the kind of quests and everything just, it takes, it's not a game you can really, because the choices and the branches go in so many ways. So we've kind of ended up doing this whole narrative series and he's loved it, which has been great. Um, but I kind of had to sit him down recently and be like, Ben, I, I am going to return to formula because it's easier <laughs> for me to actually get episodes out and more people can listen because not everyone's played it's one game that we're absolutely bombing at the moment, um, going down with. But um, yeah, he's been he's been really enjoying it. So it's been fun. It's brought us together as friends. And I think uh, hopefully I can get some more out by Christmas and then start as I mean to go on in the new year. But since you just finished you God know, of War again, you should do that. Oh my god! I need to do Resident Eight as well. I played Resident Eight last year. And I really enjoyed that too. Oh, I'm so. just saying, if you want to collab on Elden Ring, like I can, I can <gasps> study up on some Elden Ring. I'm just starting. I was thinking we around. should we should start a podcast just called like Elden Ring things. <laughs> oh my god, there'll be so much. There's so many little things. And I just sit here and sleep. Yeah, yeah. Just the snore. Alex's yeah. snoring is the gentle music bed underneath. Because we're just like, <laughs> what about Alexander Potboy? What about the Wolf Guy? Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Definitely, well, is that your game of the year, Jacob? I think, yeah, I think for me, definitely God of War, obviously a second, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I, I, I honestly would say that they're like really close to ask each him other. next week and he'll change. Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. Maybe you, you haven't know. got to the right bit in Ragnarok yet. I mean, I'm just saying, I think, it, I think that they're probably on par with each other. It depends on what you're looking for more. If you want like a more narrative driven, you know, a story, like great cinematics, et cetera. Like it's, you know, I think that they both have a decent story uh i would say that god of Whatever. war, god of war has a great way. story that is your words okay it does have a great story but i'm saying like it definitely lays out the story better elden ring is more like you got to kind of discover it yourself 
and it's yeah. all about your personal journey and what you take away from it you know like, like yeah <laughs> I, I feel like just I would always normally be the kind of God of War gamer hands down but I've got to give it to Elden Ring no I can't believe I spent 130 hours in that world like I, I, could, still, I could still spend more too I need to go back and play yeah I could as well <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Amy for, for as always Yes, thank absolutely. you guys thank you have a wonderful christmas and i'll be speaking to you very soon about god of war i imagine all right let's go <laughs> bye